Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. 
Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, Monday through Thursday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific and 10.30 p.m. Pacific starting on Fridays on Ground Zero Radio. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact me directly, my emails are rdgable at yahoo.com and tstradio at protonmail.com. On Twitter and on Facebook, you can also find The Secret Teachings. Just search the show name or TST Radio. If you'd like to listen to the show after the initial broadcast, you can listen for free on our website or anywhere else you listen to radio shows or podcasts. Just again, search The Secret Teachings. And of course, if you'd like to get rid of those advertisements in the free archive, subscribe to the full archive with montages, my digital books, and more a private RSS feed included at www.thesecretteachings.info. I don't think there's anything more terrifying visually or psychologically than an atomic bomb. Now, I've never seen an atomic bomb detonate. I doubt that any of you have. They used to test them outside of Las Vegas. People used to get together and have dinner and watch the mushroom cloud on the horizon. We don't really think about atomic bombs much anymore. It's not the Cold War. Some people still have Cold War political fear, of course. You see that a lot in news and the older generation still hate the Russians. Obviously, a whole new generation has been brainwashed to hate Russia for a variety of reasons. Russia can interfere in our elections sometimes only when one particular political party loses. But you got a whole generation of people that hate Russia again. Maybe the hatred never stopped. It just gets passed on from generation to generation, and it keeps the war machine lubed and active and ready for conflict. But there really isn't much more terrifying than an atomic bomb. You watch the videos. The Russians detonated the Tsar bomb. I don't know if you've ever seen this bomb, but this thing was officially the largest atomic weapon ever detonated. And the bomb itself, the epicenter of the blast, like the actual ground zero of the blast, was the size of the city of Paris, reportedly. Tsar bomb was detonated, a, a just an unbelievably destructive weapon, 1961. It was so big that even the Russians stepped back and said, yeah, we might not want to detonate another bomb like this. To give you an idea of how big this bomb was, the Tsar bomb, Soviet bomb, it was the equivalent to hundreds and hundreds of Hiroshima and Trinity bombs, which are themselves much smaller than the other nuclear bombs the United States had detonated. It's a huge, massive explosion. You can watch the video of it. There's a video of it back from the 60s when the Soviets detonated it. But even just a bomb like Hiroshima, just a bomb like Nagasaki, just a bomb like even the Trinity test, it's terrifying. It's also, at the same time, mesmerizing. And you look at it like we can imagine Oppenheimer had looked at it and realized and he even said that his scientists, they learned what evil was. They learned what death was 
uh, in a way that few people will ever understand. And that's without actually even killing anybody. That's just detonating the bomb and testing it. That the explosion and that the images, the visuals were so almost otherworldly. It's an area that humans don't and should not be invested in or involved in. And we've had this idea, and this is what I love about being here on Ground Zero, is last night Clyde talked about on his show, Illuminating Armageddon, and this idea that when you have atomic bombs, it somehow makes you safer. But that's really the opposite of reality. Having atomic weapons doesn't necessarily make you safer. It actually makes the world a more dangerous place. Now, of all the countries in the world that have nuclear weapons, the United States and Russia have the most. One little tiny country that doesn't like to talk about their nuclear arsenal is Israel, but that's kind of a separate issue. We say Iran can't have nuclear weapons, but Israel can have them. The Russians can have them. The U.S. can have them. Of course, there's that conflict with India and Pakistan as well. But nuclear bombs don't really make us any safer. They actually put us on the brink of total annihilation. Now, some of you, if you grew up during the Cold War, you might be aware that there are plenty of theories about what was really going on behind the scenes, that there was no intention by either side to actually launch nuclear weapons at the the other side, the other team, and that the whole thing was a terror campaign waged mutually by the Russians and the Americans to basically subjugate their populations. Now, you might not believe that. That's just a theory. I find it hard to believe that either side was willing to blow up the entire world, uh, but perhaps an accident would have been more likely. And in fact, we're told by historians that there were plenty of almost world-ending events where that clock was down to a few seconds I mean, you know, the case of UFOs as well. UFOs had activated atomic bombs, nuclear missiles, and then deactivated them just to show the power. It's a kind of a separate issue, but UFOs have have been documented to do that at nuclear missile silos. Nowadays, though, nuclear technology, it's almost it's almost obsolete in a way. I mean, there's still this awesome power of the bomb. But new 21st century warfare is like controlled, miniaturized nuclear explosions in psychology. And you can do to a population with psychology, sock puppets, kind of like how advertisers and marketers use subliminals or use words, etc., images, etc., to sell a product... You can use basically atomic psychology, as I call it, to destroy a population without actually affecting the infrastructure and with, you know, of course, maintaining a population of people that you can siphon off their energy. Now, these are just a few things that I think about when I think of nuclear weapons. I've always been fascinated with them. I've always been terrified of them. When I was a kid, wasn't, I don't think, very well educated, but I was really fascinated with atomic bombs. And I used to have like my nightmares as a kid, maybe a couple monsters here or there, but my nightmares as a kid were I was usually dying 
in an atomic explosion. I remember my, my, my dreams, my nightmares so vividly. I remember I was either at my grandma's house or I was at my room when I was living in Florida or I was up in Morgantown where I went to high school, West Virginia. Everywhere I lived, I, I would have this dream where I would just hear like a crackling or a popping in the distance and things would get really warm. I'd look out the window, there's a mushroom cloud and then everything just goes black. I had those dreams for like probably 23, 24 years of my life. I'm, thir- I'm almost 32 now. My birthday's next. My birthday is on the 30th ne- next week, the next week after. But for like most of my life, I've had those those dreams. I've always been terrified of them. I don't think a lot of people recognize the awesome power because it's been Hollywoodized or it's been historized. And we don't think that these kind of things could happen anymore. According to the USA Today, you know that doomsday clock that's kept? They're about to update it as they've done every January for 75 years. The Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists has published this doomsday clock suggesting how close or perhaps how far we are from the brink of total destruction. The next edition will be revealed at 10 a.m. Eastern Time on January 24th. That's next week. It's the first update of the clock since the Russian invasion, quote-unquote, of Ukraine. And as that has happened... We've had the media, mainstream media, and alternative media perpetuating, I would say, using fear intentionally, using people's lack of context, perspective, and knowledge intentionally, but also simply warning. There are a lot of people just warning uh, the public that this is a possibility, but they've been terrifying and terrorizing the public that nuclear war, like during the Cold War, nuclear war is a possibility. I was actually talking to my, my friend up in Canada, uh, Teresa, was this two days ago, I think we were talking on the phone, and we were talking about Ukraine and Russia and nuclear war, quote unquote, and I said, I don't really have a, a side, but if you've got bio labs and NATO bases and missiles pointed at Russia, Russia has a right to defend themselves. I'd, even if they were communist, I mean, I'd say they have a right to defend themselves. The U, that's how the U.S. reacted when the Soviets put missiles in Cuba. Remember that? I think it's only fair that a country has a right to defend themselves from aggressors. That's neither here nor there. Just I was talking about that the other day, and I was thinking about atomic bombs. I heard Clyde's show last night. I actually heard it this morning uh, after the fact. And it was weird because illuminating Armageddon was his show last night. And I didn't know that's what he talked about. I missed the show. And then I'm preparing for my show today. I had listened to his show this morning, but I had an article that I had pulled that I want to read to you before I listened to Clyde's show this morning. And then I heard his show and I thought, okay, this is synchronistic. This is the path that I need to go down for tonight's show Friday, January 20th, 2023. Here's the story. And, and don't make assumptions yet, because I'm going to provide context to all of this. This article is from CBS News, Channel 5 CBS in Phoenix, Arizona, just north of where I am here in northwest Tucson. It says, over the past few days, you may have noticed a helicopter flying in a strange pattern over parts of Phoenix and Glendale. For those of you who don't know, Phoenix is usually considered to be the the whole uh, 
area. Like anything around Phoenix is Phoenix, but there's little tiny cities, Mesa and Glendale, etc. Little cities all around Phoenix. One security agency, the article says, is working to prevent a mass casualty event before the Super Bowl. They will continuously circle the valley to survey with radioactive sensors to pick up any suspicious activity. According to Daniel Haber with the National Nuclear Security Agency, the NNSA, everything around us, including ourselves, has some level of naturally occurring radioactive material in it. Haber says, this is all part of the security buildup for the Super Bowl. He goes into details about what they're doing. This low-flying helicopter flight pattern, which has had some people curious, hence, I guess the media decided to alert people to what was happening. The NNSA decided to alert people to what was happening, which is something I want to come back to. But the flight pattern for the National Nuclear Security Administration helicopter, which is circling Phoenix and Glendale, is doing so because it's mapping radiation, just normal radiation, to see if they find any abnormal spikes, any kind of abnormalities, any kind of radioactive material being released into the environment. So they have a baseline to look back at if they're scanning it later and they see a spike in a particular location. According to CBS Channel 5, Phoenix, in short, the NNSA is looking for nukes in Phoenix. Haber says, based on the aircraft, there's a suite of a variety of different radiation detection systems. Their gamma ray sensing technology can spot any unusual activity by surveying the area. The flights come in to provide that baseline, and then there is other NNSA personnel that come in to the weeks leading up to the Super Bowl to do ground-based operations paired with law enforcement. This is what Haber explained from the NNSA. It's been going on for decades at a minimum. We support the Super Bowl every year, wherever the Super Bowl happens to be. So it's something that happens every single year, or at least it has for about a decade. I went to do some research on this just to confirm, because I assumed that they're doing this every year. Went to do a little bit of research on this, and I found an article about the effort made at Super Bowl I believe this was 56 in Los Angeles, SoFi Stadium. Going back another year before that, this is an article from the Orlando Weekly. The feds will deploy a nuke-sniffing helicopter to Tampa for upcoming Super Bowl. And it's kind of hard to find any reference material going back before that. But the point is, over the last couple of years, officially, They've used helicopters, the National Nuclear Security Agency has, to scan the area for radiation, get the natural layout, and then to come back and scan it again, keep scanning it, and then to send in ground teams to scan it again to see if there may be a nuclear bomb wherever the Super Bowl is, whether that's at the stadium, whether that's somewhere near the stadium, could be in a truck, could be in a vending machine. You might be thinking of that Tom Clancy book, 1991. The book was called The Sum of All Fears. 
And that was the basis of the book. That was the plot. Terrorists detonated an atomic bomb at the Super Bowl or the championship game. They didn't refer to it as the Super Bowl in the movie, which came out about a decade later. Some of all fears focused on CIA analyst Jack Ryan, who had to stop a neo-Nazi group that threatened to induce a catastrophic conflict between the United States and Russia by detonating a nuclear weapon at a championship football game in Baltimore, Maryland. Now, if you watch the movie, the movie doesn't say Super Bowl. They don't refer to it as the Super Bowl, but it is the Super Bowl. It's the championship, and it's in Baltimore, although in the book, it is, uh, it's in another location. And back in 2002, when that movie came out, I found this interesting article from the L.A. Times the NFL said that they don't want anything to do with the movie. Normally, the NFL is involved in they want their logo out there or they, you know, if they're getting paid, they want the NFL logo or team logos if someone's making some money off of it. But according to the L.A. Times, the relationship that the NFL has with Hollywood temporarily dissolved when this movie came out because they they didn't want any association with the Super Bowl and well, a mass casualty event like an atomic bomb detonating. And you can, of course, understand that. It was largely because of September 11th, which had at that time just happened. And people were scared of these kinds of terrorist attacks. And then this movie comes out about this book in the 90s about a terrorist attack at the Super Bowl. Now, some of you also might remember that the 2012 London Olympics featured a series of pre-game articles about World War II bombs that had not detonated that were maybe duds or I'm not a bomb expert, but they just they didn't explode. They didn't detonate, but that they could still be a danger. Perhaps there were articles that under the stadium, literally under the stadium where they had the 2012 Olympics in London, there were at least, I think there was at least one big bomb that was found officially. This was an official report. And the story was they didn't think that it was dangerous, but it had the potential of going off. Now, I thought that story was really strange because, you know, they build these big stadiums for the Olympics. You know, they're they're scanning everything, even if they're not building a stadium, if you're just using a stadium for a Super Bowl, they scan everything. And if you're building a stadium, are you not... I mean, they're having to break the ground to put a foundation in. They didn't check and they didn't find this bomb beforehand. So it almost was like a story that was intending to scare the public. And then there was even talk that terrorists could use a nuclear weapon. This was, by the way, in 2012, if you didn't hear me. And I remember covering this extensively and talking about how there was this threat to the Olympics and how they could have the terrorists could have potentially detonated a, an atomic bomb or other bombs could have went off during the games and killed, uh, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of people, which again was the, the plot of the sum of all fears. But it's not just Tom Clancy. We've got to go back way before Tom Clancy. The movie came out in 1976, 
some of you may have seen this movie, perhaps. The movie came back, uh, came out in 1976, and this movie was called The Two-Minute Warning. And it was about a sniper who had set up at the Super Bowl to, you can assume, shoot and kill people. Another movie came out in 1977, just the next year, called Black Sunday. And it was supposed to be this big blockbuster movie, or a mega blockbuster as they called it, but didn't do that well, maybe because of the content. In 1977, Black Sunday depicted a championship football-type game and supposed to be actually inspired by uh, the assassination of Israeli athletes at the Munich Olympics. So back to the Olympics. But in the movie, this Vietnam veteran who is traumatized by the Vietnam War teams up with a Palestinian terrorist. He's a blimp operator, the, 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 the Vietnam vet. And he plans to crash his aircraft into the crowded bleachers and detonate a bomb and kill people. So we have two movies made in the 70s about the usage of bombs or at least terrorist-type threats or activities to kill people at the Super Bowl or to kill people at championship games. Big events, basically, is the idea. It doesn't have to be a Super Bowl, but just big events. Then in the 90s, you have the story of an atomic bomb detonating at the Super Bowl. And then you have the movie that comes out. And then you have the 2012 Olympics in London where there's this threat of World War II bombs detonating, which is weird. Why didn't they find those when they they were setting the stadium up? And, I mean, I guess you could say they did, but like beforehand, that, that bomb has been there for how many decades So then you have that threat, and then you had the threat of terrorists just using atomic weapons. That's at least what the media was saying. And then we've had this in the U.S. We had the helicopter in Tampa, Los Angeles, and now in Phoenix, or Phoenix, Glendale, the whole Phoenix area, looking for background radiation to determine what the baseline is so that they can send more helicopters in different sensors and see if there is maybe an atomic bomb in Phoenix prepared to kill everybody at the Super Bowl and in the surrounding areas. I mean, an an atomic bomb detonated in Phoenix would be a mass, mass, mass casualty event. I mean, a highly super duper concentrated area. Now, the plot of that Tom Clancy novel was terrorists were plotting to start a third world war with Russia. And at the same time, we gear up for the Super Bowl and we're being told about these helicopters in Phoenix. The uh, Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists is about to publish their doomsday clock for 2023, telling us where we are in regard to potential nuclear holocaust. So it all comes together in a very interesting and disturbing way. More so because we always wonder, why doesn't government, why don't agencies tell us when things are happening? And they rarely do. But to prevent panic, they they usually keep things secret. But this time they're telling us, no, there could be an atomic bomb in Phoenix. But don't worry, we're looking for it. It's kind of weird. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings, the summation of all fears. We'll talk more about that when we come back from break. 
Thesecretteachings.info is the website. rdgable at yahoo.com is the email. Don't go anywhere. It's 2023, the year of the rabbit, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero.radio. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. Hey there, it's Ryan Gable. You know you can always listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero.radio. I don't need it. And for free in the monetized archives on our website or on any radio or podcast player. I don't need it. But you can also help support the show by subscribing to the ad-free archive with montages, digital books, and a private RSS feed. I definitely don't need it. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today. I need it! Your support economically and energetically will keep us on air into the future. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana? Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir. Or if that's not enough, check out Good Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings, but most importantly, it supports you. Broadcasting from somewhere between heaven, hell, and purgatory, it's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Release the Kraken! Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows with your host, Ryan Gable. Super Bowl 57, February 12th, 2023. We always talk about the Super Bowl, usually right before the game, and then right after the game. We use it as an oracle to determine what might happen in the coming year, and perhaps even the year after. I think we've been pretty accurate here on The Secret Teachings, and... Our annual show we do with Clyde on Ground Zero, I think we've both been extremely accurate. I think a lot of people have taken these ideas and really run with them and kind of sensationalized them. They always call the Super Bowl some Illuminati confirmed reptilian alien conspiracy event. I don't know what (laughs) those words mean. But this year we're talking about the Super Bowl for a different reason. Super Bowl 57 LVII will be played on the 12th of February, 2023 at State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. As with any major gathering of people, security, of course, is going to be swarming everywhere before the game, during the game, and after the game, looking to prevent, well, everything from theft, like pickpocketing, to perhaps people that 
might bring a gun and try to shoot some people, or a much bigger event, like a mass casualty event that could be carried out by bad actors, terrorists, whatever you want to call them. Maybe Trump supporters, right? For years, the National Nuclear Security Administration has scanned the area near and around the big game looking for unusual radiation or unusual radioactive signatures using sensors. Or in other words, they're basically looking for a nuclear bomb. This was the plot of a 1991 Tom Clancy novel called The Sum of All Fears, which was turned into a movie in 2002 that many of you may have seen. The book tells the story of how terrorists detonated a nuclear bomb at the Super Bowl in Denver, though the movie version moved the location to Baltimore. A 1976 movie called Two Minute Warning also involves a terrorist attack at the L.A. Coliseum football championship game where a sniper has set up to kill people who are attending the game. The 1977 movie, the very next year, Black Sunday, further featured a terrorist attack on the Super Bowl by a blimp pilot tortured by the horrors of the Vietnam War who teams up with a Palestinian terrorist to crash his aircraft into the crowd and detonate a bomb. And for those of you who might not remember, the 2012 Olympics was also plagued with certain similar types of threats, including undetonated World War II munitions that were discovered under the stadium and the threat of an atomic bomb detonating at the 2012 Olympics. Of course, this would be a mass casualty event. A nuclear bomb in London would be beyond catastrophic. Now, behind the attack in the Clancy story was a sinister plot to draw the United States and Russia into World War III, something that seems to be increasingly likely in the real world due to conflict in Ukraine. Now, in the Clancy book and in the adaptation of that book in the movie, it's a plot. It's actually a conspiracy to start World War III. It's not that the Russians and the United States say, let's have World War III. It's a plot. It is a conspiracy to induce the conflict between the United States and Russia's president. Kind of sound familiar to what's happening right now? In this case, we could say the bad actor is, well, a really bad actor. Zelensky, the actual actor who lied about a Ukrainian missile striking Poland, claimed it was a Russian missile, which ironically, and this is how the psychopaths use words to confuse us, it was actually a Russian manufactured missile that the Ukrainians had that they fired that hit Poland. And because of that, I sort of joked around and said, I think that we should launch an invasion of Ukraine now, not to fight the Russians, but to eliminate the terrorist government that is Zelensky, because he attacked a NATO ally. Of course, Ukraine lied about it, but it was a Ukrainian missile that struck Poland, not a Russian missile, at least fired from Ukraine. 
And that missile that was fired from Ukraine that hit Poland, which was then blamed on the Russians using wordplay, that almost started, well, World War III. I mean, a lot of things almost start World War III, right? They're like a dime a dozen. All kinds of theories. Every day there's something new. You turn on the radio, you turn on the news. There's always something about to kick off the Third World War. But, you know, if you were growing up in the early 20th century, you probably didn't hear too much about how World War I's about to start. They're going to start World War I. They're going to start World War II. We largely refer to these things after the fact. After the fact of their ending or after the fact of their actual start. We come up with a name for the conflict. I mean, what's happening in Ukraine is perhaps a precursor to World War III. Perhaps if World War III, we decide to call it that, breaks out, then we'll look at these last couple of months, these last couple of years as the lead up to World War III. And if that doesn't happen, then it just gets stuck into the history books and Hopefully our children don't learn how the ghost of Kiev is killing Russian fighter pilots because, well, he doesn't exist. And all of those other fake stories about go after, uh, go after yourself, Russia. And all the Ukrainians got killed by the Russians. No, actually, they, they were all alive. Snake Island was another fake story, just like Zelensky's presidency. But you can see that there's a parallel here. You can see that there is clearly a plot to drag Russia into a conflict with the West. Clearly, there's a plot to do that. And that is the plot of the sum of all fears. A plot to draw the U.S. and Russia into World War III. Now, in the movie and in the book, they use different locations But nevertheless, same idea, championship, Super Bowl, football game, terrorists detonate an atomic bomb, kill everybody at the stadium. And in the movie, you watch how they, the terrorists, how they get this radioactive material from abandoned Soviet sites in Russia. I believe, I think it's in Russia might be in some of the surrounding territory. I haven't seen this movie forever. Uh, but they basically steal this material and then make the bomb to pit the U.S. and Russia against each other. So they're plotting to create World War III, the conditions for World War III, by detonating an atomic bomb at the Super Bowl. And then we have Ukraine constantly lying about what's happening, blaming Russia, blaming everybody else, saying that a missile that hit Poland was a Russian missile, it wasn't Ukrainian, to try to start World War III. And then we get word that despite the fact that the National Nuclear Security Agency has always done scans, at least for a decade, scans of the Super Bowl city and the surrounding area to get a baseline of radioactive uh, signature and then to see closer to the game if that signature changes there might be uh, an atomic bomb there might be a nuclear weapon and obviously if that happened there would be a mass casualty event and well the world would change if there's anything left of it probably pretty quickly so that is a normal thing they do 
but they normally don't tell you that they're doing that because you don't want to terrify the public, right? Even though they've always done it. I mean, it would to, to, if, you, if you were to just to say, hey, look, we've always done this. It was common knowledge. We're just making sure things are safe and secure. But unless you really dig for it, you can't find any mention of this. So the first story I saw here in Arizona was a Phoenix CBS news station, Channel 5, 3 TV CBS Channel 5, that said that the helicopter that's been circling Phoenix is scanning for unusual radioactivity ahead of the Super Bowl. In other words, they're telling people, don't be afraid of the helicopter. It's just looking to see if there's an atomic bomb under your house. I mean, that might frighten people a little bit. Where's, where's the normal kind of PR that government agencies use where they're like, you know, you, can, you clearly know they're doing something and it might, it's very suspicious and it might be sinister or it might not be sinister where they're like, yeah, we're just the helicopters flying around. They're just checking the area, making sure things are secure. Instead, they tell the public, no, we're actually looking and we're going to tell you what we're doing. We're looking for an atomic bomb. But don't worry, we're flying the helicopter over to, to, to look for it so, so it doesn't detonate, <laughs> is, is basically what they're saying. Now, I don't see a sinister conspiracy here on behalf of the NNSA, the National Nuclear Security Agency. But what I do see is a strange parallel with this movie, The Sum of All Fears. I see a strange parallel with it because of the, in the movie, the detonation of that bomb at the Super Bowl as a precursor to, as part of a conspiracy to put the U.S. and Russia on the battlefield and to start a World War III type scenario. And that is exactly what is happening today in Ukraine with Russia and with the assistance of the United States. Now, next week, we're going to find out, according to the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists, the new doomsday clock time. How close or how far are we from the brink of nuclear war? The next edition is going to be revealed in four days on January 24th at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, this is a routine thing to show how close we are to nuclear disaster. I'm guessing it's probably going to be pretty Pretty, pretty, pretty close to midnight. But it was also pretty close to midnight during the Cold War and nothing happened either. So I don't know if there's anything to really be afraid of or scared of. But there is something to be aware of. And when you see inconsistencies, like for example, I have three articles here. I have one from this year's Super Bowl upcoming. I have one from last year's Super Bowl and I have one from the Super Bowl before that, which was held in Tampa. And in all three of these cases, what you find is that the National Nuclear Security Administration or agency has consistently over the years looked for the potential radioactive signatures that would indicate there is a nuclear weapon or something to that effect. This is a consistent thing that happens every year. It's about safety. It's about security, etc. 
Every year for the last three years, they've done this. They've done this actually before that, but it's really hard to find any information on it. So that means that it's not a common thing to tell the public we're scanning the skies to see if your city could potentially be ground zero for the start of a nuclear holocaust. So when they tell the public that, or when it's inferred or it's implied by what the NNSA is saying, that's when I feel a little bit weird. And perhaps I feel even weirder because I'm just south of Phoenix. Now, I don't think, if you ask me point blank, I don't think that there's an atomic bomb that's going to be detonated in Phoenix. I don't think that. God, I hope not. But it's the synchromistic aspect, if you will, of what's happening in real life with Super Bowl security and with the quote-unquote war, or the Nazi occupation of Ukraine, as I call it, and the movie and book, The Sum of All Fears, which is, of course, as I said before, it's just about a terrorists plotting to bring the U.S. and Russia into conflict with each other in the same way that Zelensky is doing this in Ukraine today. It's kind of, kind of a disturbing thing to, to think about. And likewise, the same thing with the Olympics in 2012. Now, these aren't things that I want to think about. I doubt that they're things that you want to think about. But even if a, de- a nuclear bomb doesn't go off at the Super Bowl, which it probably won't, you know, you might think, well, this is this is just fear mongering. Then, well, it's not. Unless it's, it's just it's information, okay? And it's it's seeing the parallels and the patterns that are often overlooked. But what it also is is if they're preparing you for that, perhaps they have some other motivation to to tell the public that this could potentially happen. Uh, The motivation could be anything. I don't know. There are also other reasons that security is beefed up, if you will, during the Super Bowl because of so many people. They're not just looking for atomic bombs. They're also looking for pickpockets, They're looking for drone attacks, and they're looking for cyber attacks. I mean, any of these things could be equally as devastating, minus the pickpockets, could be equally as devastating as an atomic bomb. A drone attack? Probably not likely that that's going to happen because of the control of the airspace, uh, because of the Air Force bases in the vicinity, but a cyber attack, that's very possible. I mean, what, what would happen? The, the lights at the stadium would go out? I mean, it would be um, a perfect time, a perfect place to launch a cyber attack, largely because, well, the same reason that companies advertise for millions of dollars for a few seconds of, of, of TV time, because so many people are watching Because the whole world tunes in to the Super Bowl. Tens of millions of people plus tune in to the Super Bowl. And when that many people are watching, it's obviously a stage to not only sell products, as I say every year, but also to sell ideas. And sometimes ideas might not come in the form of a commercial or public service announcement or something like that. The idea might come in the form of some type of 
physical or non-physical, but still mechanical attack. That could be a cyber attack, kind of like an electromagnetic pulse, perhaps. Could be drone attacks, or it could be an atomic bomb. Again, not things that I really want to think about, not things that you probably want to think about, but things that Hollywood has certainly thought about for about 50 years. They have two movies in the 70s, 1976-1977, Two Minute Warning and Black Sunday, which are about terrorist attacks at championship games or at the Super Bowl that deal with snipers or deal with suicidal pilots, uh, deal with bombs. I mean, you can almost think of the the blimp is kind of it's almost like a drone attack. It's not really a it's not really a plane, but these are these are things that security officials are looking for. This is what they're analyzing the you know the surrounding area for before, during, and after the game. It's common practice. It's just not usually common practice to tell the public in order to prevent people from asking questions. Uh, or being afraid or being nervous. Like, why is that helicopter flying over? I mean, helicopters fly over all the time. Uh, helicopters circle. I mean, it could be for the hospital, police. It could be for anything. Sightseeing. There's a lot of things to see. I don't know if they do a lot of sightseeing tours out here in Arizona, but it could be anything. They don't normally tell the public, by the way, when that helicopter is flying over the city, they're looking for a nuclear weapon that has been put into a white van and parked next to the field or they're looking for a nuclear weapon which has been buried in the ground just outside of the uh, State Farm Stadium in Glendale. You know, you don't you normally don't tell people that's what we're looking for because that would scare the public. And, you know, maybe I'm looking too much into that aspect of it. Maybe they're not really telling the public. I mean, how many people know this? It's just one little tiny news article, and that's that's all that you get. It is strange, however, especially because at the moment, the United States and Russia are talking about, and we have heard this, but it's been amplified, it's, it's increased recently, the, the rhetoric and the talk are talking about the potentiality of a doomsday situation that Russia may have to employ if there is an attack, or they may choose to employ if there is an attack on their country, uh, the dead man switch or the dead hand system, which was developed during the Cold War, kind of like a last uh, last or worst case scenario. Use it before you lose it. Where those nukes launch, why do you think they call it the dead hand system, the nukes launch, in retaliation, and uh, the whole world goes up in flames. Now, this 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 says um, it's it's one thing to talk about the parallels between you know reality and TV shows, but it's another thing, or movies, or books, or whatever. It's another thing to to look out your window, if you will, and to see that the United States is continuing to give hundreds of billions of dollars, it's over $100 billion now, to Ukraine. Uh, Moscow is looking to expand its military forces. Their defense minister in December 
uh, laid out a proposal to increase military personnel by millions, by 1.5 million by 2026. They're looking to increase their, the size of their military. Uh, the Ukrainian defense minister uh, and intelligence officials have said that they believed, uh, or they do believe, that preparations for a second wave of mobilization was underway. They believe that Russia is um, looking to arm millions of people to fight this war. And uh, as the proxy war is ongoing, as it continues, the U.S. is engaging in indirect hostilities with Russia, being drawn in stupidly to a war that is none of our business, although we've made it our business with NATO bases, missiles pointed at Russia, and biological weapons facilities. I mean, we're already in the introductory phase, the lead-up to a World War III situation. Some might even say we are engaged in World War III now. It's just the reluctance of, or perhaps the timing's not right, the reluctance of certain world leaders to simply declare we are engaging in a hot conflict with Russia right now. And that's something that I sincerely don't think, no matter how psychotic the ruling class of any of these countries are, I don't think that people actually want that. I think that perhaps, as I began the show tonight, what might be a deeper conspiracy is that there's collusion between all of these governments to use the threat of war to subjugate their populations. I mean, we know that the U.S. and Ukraine, for some reason, many reasons we could name, seem to be on the same page. And although Russia seems to be on a different page for different reasons, Russia is not the most amazing country in the world. It's not the freest and most Republican-based country in the world. So Russia is, you know, Russia has its own ruling class. And the ruling class, the ultra-wealthy, the ultra-powerful, the big banks, you name it, the big corporations, they work together across party and national lines. They work across gender and sex and race. They look to increase profits and to increase power. And perhaps the whole point of all of this is to scare people, tell people there's a nuclear bomb under the stadium in Glendale. Well, we're looking for one. There's probably not one, but we're looking for one. I mean, that terrifies the public or we're just going to keep giving all this money to Ukraine and we're going to fight this proxy war with Russia. And if it turns nuclear, it turns nuclear. I mean, you know, they have a couple of minutes to get to their bunkers. They'll probably survive. Probably not something that they have to, they have to worry about. And in the meantime, by the way, if you didn't know this, the United States... I think it was the Secretary of the Navy were reportedly running out of arms to give our own soldiers because we're giving so much to Ukraine. I mean, if you want to stop Russia, a peace agreement and discussions might be the best way to do it. Diplomacy might be the best way to do it, even after the fact. Because you're not going to defeat Russia if you're Ukraine. 
And even if you're the United States, I mean, maybe unless you teamed up with China, you're not, we're not going to defeat Russia. And why would we want to defeat Russia? We should be making alliances with these countries. We should not be breaking alliances, lying about it, and then putting weapons and biolabs on the border of a country that has every right to defend its territory, whether that territory is their country or it extends beyond that into Ukraine, which is a historical issue that goes back to a time when none of us were, were even alive. But that is the summation of all fear. Something we're always looking for. We're always looking for that big event, right? Jesus coming back or nuclear holocaust or an asteroid hitting the earth. Well, if that ever happens, those things kind of happen um, in the modern day where we can film it and watch it happen in real time. It's, it's probably going to happen a lot differently than we think, especially the lead up to it. That is the summation of all fears. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. More after this. Don't go anywhere. It's The Secret Teachings, one of the homes of the original Super Bowl analysis, airing exclusively five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. From the occult and theology to history and the paranormal, The Secret Teachings Radio Show brings you that and more Monday through Friday on GroundZero.radio. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. If you're looking to learn more in 2023, then look no further than books from The Secret Teachings. The Technological Elixir explores UFOs, artificial intelligence, and demonic contracts in the entertainment industry. Liberty Shrugged is an illuminating and nonpartisan look into American history, focusing on natural law, slavery, and the war for independence. Food philosophy is not a diet book, but it does help alleviate confusion over food industry propaganda with specific focus on bizarre ingredients that are put into your foods. And Occult Arcana is a compendium of esoteric wisdom, from theology and sympathetic magic to witchcraft, voodoo, and the origins of holidays. Get physical and digital copies of these books only at www.thesecretteachings.info. And remember, all physical books also come with a digital copy as well. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. You know you can always listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on GroundZero.radio and for free in the monetized archives on our website or on any radio or podcast player. But you can also help support the show by subscribing to the ad-free archive with montages, digital books, and a private RSS feed. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today. Your support economically and energetically will keep us on air into the future. Thank you for your support. Hi, this is Laura. I'm from Las Vegas, and I listen to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable because he never fails to provide us with great information from various topics on which he's done extensive and thorough research to back them. Thank you for all that you do and all your hard work, Ryan, and thank you for sharing it with the rest of us. This is David Icke, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Why else would you show up with that thing on your back just three days before President Business is going to use the crackle to end the world? President Business is going to end the world? But he's such a good guy. An Octan, they make good stuff. Music, dairy products, coffee, TV shows, surveillance systems, all history books, voting machines. Wait a minute. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it enlightening. 
think about your hero when you're at ground zero and crawl up to the fall up back to me. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. listening to the secret teachings radio i'm your host ryan gable the show airs monday through friday 10 p.m to midnight pacific starting at 10 30 p.m pacific to 12 30 a.m on fridays right after ground zero with clyde lewis on ground zero radio or if you're listening elsewhere you can just find the show in the secret teachings archive on our website or if you search the show name on any radio or podcast player or application You can also subscribe to the ad-free show on the website. If you do that, you keep us on air, and I really appreciate it sincerely. Makes my job a lot easier. You can also grab a copy of one of my books on the website and email us. You can contact the show. You can contact me directly. rdgable at yahoo.com, tstradio at protonmail.com. I'd love to hear what you think of the secret teachings, as well as I'd like to hear what you think of, well, the show topic specifically that we discussed last night or any other night here on the broadcast. We always are looking, I think, for these big events like Hollywood blockbuster type events, right? San Andreas, the day the earth stood still, Independence Day, you know, Roland Emmerich style movies. We're always looking for something to blow up. We're looking for some kind of nuclear bomb to go off. We're looking for terrorist attacks. We're looking for that, you know, 9-11. Not that we want these things to happen. Not that we want people to die in a mass casualty event. But because we have been so consumed with and taken possession of by media and entertainment that we can only really feel, I think, this is my opinion, we can only really feel alive We can only really feel that there's purpose to life when we're in a dire situation. We're always looking for that day when Christ returns. We're looking for the asteroid to hit the earth. You know, we're looking for an opportunity to live in the movie Contagion or live in the movie uh, Armageddon. Or we're looking to live in Left Behind. I mean, you might not think this consciously, but I mean, come on, look what happened during the pandemic. People literally, even after we found out that, well, you don't legally have to do what people are trying to force you to do, and people get sick all the time and we don't do this, it's like people wanted to live in a blockbuster. I said that on the show from the very beginning. It was like everybody was playing pandemic. Everybody was playing contagion. I put my mask on and I put my respirator on and I go to the store. Don't touch me. I'm going to stay six feet away. And, you know, I'm the hero. I'm saving people. We wanted to play pandemic. We also want to play Armageddon. We want to save the world from the asteroid, right? We want to save the world from 
terrorists or whatever. We're always looking for that big thing, that big event. We're always looking for that world-changing event. Oh, when's World War III going to start? You know, when, when is when is the end of the world going to happen? Whether that involves Jesus or you know the some final Armageddon-like battle, we're always looking for that. This year, Super Bowl fifty-seven is going to be played in Glendale, Arizona. The date of the game is February 12th at State Farm Stadium in Glendale. One of the things I was thinking about when I was preparing tonight's show is what would happen if a player suffered from commodio cordis during the Super Bowl? Would they suspend the game entirely? All the advertising, all the security setup, all the preparation. Would they cancel the game? Would they say, well, because someone almost died or did die on the field, we're not going to play this game like the Bills and Bengals game? I was wondering that. I was also wondering if well, they knew there was a credible threat. Let's say they knew. Let's say the NFL, let's say... The federal government, let's say that the local law enforcement in Phoenix and Glendale, let's say they knew there was going to be a potential terrorist attack. Do you think they would tell the public? I mean, it might be 5% chance of occurring. Do you think that they would tell the public? I don't think so because there was a pretty close to 100% chance of a terrorist attack occurring in New York on the morning of September 11th. Every country from... I mean, Germany to, I think, uh, like half of European countries warned the United States. Even Middle Eastern countries warned the United States there was going to be an attack. I mean, we knew virtually for sure that planes were going to be hijacked and flown into buildings. That's why the Pentagon was running those exercises where the the radar um, blips were artificially placed there. They were, there were some synthetic uh, uh, blips on the radar. So they couldn't tell what was real world or exercise. Remember that clip? Is this real world or exercise? They, they didn't know because the, the air traffic controllers and the, and the, um, the military, they were, they were running exercises or they were confused because there were exercises being conducted at that time. They didn't know what was real and what wasn't real. Same thing with Pearl Harbor. You don't think the president was aware it was a pretext to enter into World War II. So if there was a a cardiac event on the field, like at the Bengals-Bills game, do you think they would suspend the Super Bowl? I highly doubt it. If there was a terrorist attack that was planned, even if there was a very small percentage chance, Maybe if there was a really high percentage chance, maybe when it was a 90% chance of something bad happening at the Super Bowl, do you think they would cancel it? Probably not. They would continue on. They would proceed. The scary thing would be, and this is how you can tell if something bad's going to happen, the scary thing would be when you are in the World Trade Center and all of the Israeli companies pull their businesses out just days or weeks before the terrorist attack. You know that when the Secret Service back off of John F. Kennedy, that he's about to have his head blown off. You know that when Robert F. Kennedy is being diverted 
by a Mossad agent through the hotel that he's probably going to be shot several times. You know that when J.P. Morgan doesn't get on the Titanic, he owned White Star Line, which built the Titanic, owned the Titanic. When he doesn't get on the Titanic for its maiden voyage in the private suite that he had built on the ship, and he decides at the last minute he's not going to go, and then on the ship are the three wealthiest men who oppose the creation of the Federal Reserve, which was largely the brainchild of J.P. Morgan. You know, the whole Jekyll Island affair. And then that ship sinks, and all three of those wealthy people die. They were probably shot, and it was covered up by the sinking of the ship. You know, when J.P. Morgan doesn't get on the Titanic, things are bad. So I don't think anything's going to happen at the Super Bowl, but you would know that something might happen, something bad might happen if the vice president, I don't know if Kamala Harris is going to go, but usually the vice president shows up or, you know, the governor's there or, you know, powerful people go and watch the game. I'm not just talking about celebrities. I'm talking about powerful people like the president or the vice president or something like that. So, you know, at the last minute, if the president or the vice president, I I doubt that Joe Biden's going to go to the Super Bowl. I doubt that he even... I don't doubt he even knows where Arizona is. Uh, But if, you know, there's this pullout at the last minute, then you can be certain that something bad might actually happen. Let's hope, let's pray that nothing does happen. It's just a routine security check that the National Nuclear Security Agency is conducting up in Glendale and the surrounding areas. For those of you who are just joining us over the past few days, helicopters have been flying over in different kinds of patterns, Phoenix and Glendale. The National Nuclear Security Administration, or agency, the NNSA, is working to prevent a mass casualty event, an MCE, before the Super Bowl. What they're doing is they're flying over the valley in low-flying helicopters in strange flight patterns, strange to us, mapping for the National Security administration or nuclear security agency they're mapping the city to see where the radiation levels naturally stand now we're about three weeks out from the super bowl so they've been mapping this for a couple days it's about a month before they start mapping to see what the radiation levels are there's natural radiation levels of things so they're going to get get a map of it basically And then they'll continue to scan the area, and then right before the game, they'll send in ground crews to do a more thorough search. The closer the helicopters are to the ground, of course, the closer the equipment and the sensors are to the ground, of course, the the more accurate the readings are going to be. And if they see a spike in something, then they're going to investigate that. That's the whole point. That's what they're doing. Now, this isn't a new thing. The NNSA has been doing this for many years. They did this at the Super Bowl last year. They did this at the Super Bowl in Tampa. I found an article from the Orlando Weekly. The feds will deploy a nuke-sniffing helicopter to Tampa for upcoming Super Bowl. Now, you want to hear something really weird? Let me read you this article. In preparation for Super Bowl 55, which was played February 7th, so this is, you know, this is a game from the past, February 7th. The Department of Energy's National Nuclear Security Administration announced that 
it will be using one of its Nest Bell 412 helicopters to measure naturally occurring background radiation in the Tampa area. The Orlando Weekly reported this, saying, if this all sounds vaguely familiar, it's because this is pretty much the plot of the 1991 Tom Clancy novel, The Sum of All Fears, which is essentially about the detonation of a nuclear dirty bomb at the Super Bowl. The weird thing was, that was the Super Bowl uh, where the where the Buccaneers, uh, Tom Brady, uh, they were playing. And the film version of that 1991 book starred Bridget Moynihan, which is, is it Moy- Moynihan, which is Tom Brady's ex. It was kind of weird. I thought that was interesting because the Orlando, the Orlando Weekly basically pulled a pulled a ground zero, pulled a secret teachings and said, it's kind of weird. They're looking for a nuclear bomb at the Super Bowl. Tom Brady's ex is actually in the movie where a bomb detonated at the Super Bowl. That's kind of strange. But th- this is basically what they did. They ran it for about a week in a grid pattern. They just searched for the background radiation and just to see if they could detect anything that was unusual. And then, of course, to set the, the groundwork for testing it later to see if anything changed, to see if anybody installed a a vending machine for cigarettes or to see if there's a white van mysteriously coming in and out of the Twin Towers, I mean the Super Bowl venue, and just to see if anything is is abnormal or unusual. And they're not just looking for that. There are, of course, other agencies, other departments that are looking for cyber attacks, drone attacks, maybe giant blimps crashing into the Super Bowl because of a crazed... Vietnam veteran and Palestinian terrorists, which is the plot of a 1977 movie called Black Sunday, which came out a year after the 1976 movie Two Minute Warning, a movie which is based on this idea of a terrorist taking a sniper rifle and shooting people at the game. Now, in the 1991 Tom Clancy novel, The Sum of All Fears, which was turned into that movie in 2002 with Tom Brady's ex, The book tells the story of how terrorists detonated this nuclear bomb at the Super Bowl in Denver. In the movie, it was located, uh, they relocated it to Baltimore, and the NFL was very, very staunchly opposed to any kind of reference to, to their league or to any of the teams in their league, which is rightfully so. You can understand that it was right after 9-11 and, you know, that when this, this uh, movie came out. And they didn't want anything to be associated with the with the NFL because they thought it could damage their image, which is really ironic because the NFL doesn't seem to give a damn about damaging their image today. They've thoroughly, I think, destroyed any respect that even football fans had for the NFL with all of the garbage that they have promoted and forced onto their players. And uh, it's not going as well in the NHL as it is going in the NFL. The NHL is very, very uh, different so they're kind of rejecting all that. But the NFL used to care about their image, but not anymore. And that I read that article in the LA Times that said that the, the NFL wanted nothing to do, no association with that movie when it came out. Uh, here is another article. This is from the 17th of January. National Nuclear Security Administration conducting helicopter security checks ahead of Super Bowl. People living and working in downtown Phoenix may have heard a loud helicopter flying around Tuesday morning. This was last week. And the U.S. Department of Energy's National Nuclear Security Administration wants you to be calm. And they want you to recognize that it's just all part of a safety check, a security check. Just 
relaxing, chilling out, no big deal. But they're telling people, relax, chill out, no big deal, while they're telling them, we're looking for an atomic bomb in your city. It can be kind of a kind of a, a, a scary thing. So I wonder why are they why are they telling uh, the public this? Then just usually you don't tell the public these things. You just kind of do it, and uh, and then and then you know nobody dies. There's no mass casualty event. You move on. Well, there's a lot of things that are building up. So we have these '70s movies. We have the '91 book by Tom Clancy. We have the 2002 movie. We have the first kind of major acknowledgement of the nuclear bomb-sniffing helicopters at the Tampa Super Bowl where Tom Brady is playing and you know his ex was actually in the movie, The Sum of All Fears. And then you have the acknowledgement of increased security the next year at the Super Bowl. This was last year. And then you have open acknowledgement that, yeah, we're just looking for nuclear bombs in Phoenix now. And all that happens, and they're announcing this this past week into this week, while coming up in just a few days, as has been the case for 75 years, the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists are about to publish their doomsday clock, assessing how close we are, or perhaps how far we are, from the brink of total disaster, total nuclear holocaust. And... Although security checks are routine at the Super Bowl, trying to prevent pickpockets, knives, guns, drone attacks, cyber attacks, or nuclear explosions, it's not routine to notify the public that we're looking for an atomic bomb in your city. That's what drew my attention. It's not normal to inform people that this is this is happening because we're looking for an atomic bomb, especially at a time you would think that the NNSA especially at a time when tensions are so high with Russia, at least we're told that, we're also being told that nuclear war could break out at any moment. I mean, maybe this just feeds into it. Maybe this just feeds into the fear. Maybe this just feeds into the, the, the terror and therefore the, the, the psychological control. You know, maybe it just feeds into all the things that the media and that the entertainment industry and that politicians and the elite ruling class need to control the population, which is a historical theory about the Cold War that there was never any real threat of nuclear war with the exception of accidents or people that were rogue. That the, 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 the Russian or the communist or the Soviet, whatever you want to call them, establishment they never intended to launch nuclear weapons and they might have been kind of, you know, kind of nervous about what the U.S. was going to do. But it was the same story for the U.S. The U.S. had no intention of launching nuclear weapons, but they might have been a little bit nervous about what the Russians were going to do. I mean, that's kind of the whole point. But the idea is that neither side really was going to intentionally destroy the whole world. Why would the ruling class do that? I mean, yeah, they have bunkers, but they have bunkers because of, you know, accidents or anything could happen. It's just a backup. It's a security protocol. There's probably not an atomic bomb at the Super Bowl this year, but they, they still launched this protocol to try to prevent some terrible thing like that from happening. But perhaps the ruling classes are colluding together, whether they're in Russia, Ukraine, the U.S., you name it, to use the fear or the sum or summation of all fears to subjugate the population 
to take away, as they have in Ukraine, religious rights, publishing rights, rights of press, right to protest, right to pretty much do anything. Same kinds of things that our ruling class in the United States do in the name of democracy as part of a constitutional republic. And although Russia is not the nicest place probably in the world, and they're certainly not the, not the least corrupt, uh, Russia, you know, they, they might have made positive strides forward after the perceptual fall of communism. But Russia also has, you know, very strict policies and laws and enforcements of things that the ruling class there would probably agree with the ruling class in the U.S. or in Ukraine, you know, subjugate the population. And what better way to do that than keep people terrified that nuclear war could break out at any moment? So you do things like tell people, hey, the Super Bowl this year, I hope you enjoy, but you could die in a nuclear explosion. At least it'll be fast. In Ukraine, Zelensky just says, yeah, that missile that hit Poland, that was a Russian missile, and we should launch a full-scale war on Russia now. Not just some arms and not just some money that we launder back to the Democratic Party and some Republicans. We should start a full-scale war. We should just invade Russia now. Turns out that missile... Although it was Russian, it was actually a Ukrainian missile that was fired from Ukraine by the Ukrainian military, and it struck Poland. They tried to start World War III over something they did. Just like the United States collectively, not just the president, used Pearl Harbor as a pretext to enter into World War II. Or the Lusitania to enter into World War I, where the Germans took out newspaper ads in the U.S., only one newspaper published it, saying, do not get on this ship and sail into waters that are engaged in conflict, where there are U-boats, because the U-boats don't know you're a civilian vessel, and if you come into those waters, they will blow you out of the water. Remember the Lusitania? And then they had all these munitions on board, and they were sending those over to Europe, which was a violation of the agreements of neutrality, and as sad as it might be of, of the kids and the people that died on that ship, that blood is on the hands of the United States. That blood is not on the hands of the Germans or the Nazis. Plus, the only reason that ship blew up in the way that it did was because it was filled to the brim with munitions. And the Germans shot it and it blew up. And then, oh, no, they killed civilians. World War I, we have to go. Yeah. So Lusitania, Pearl Harbor... I mean, the Gulf of Tonkin incident, it's all a lie. It's all a pretext for war. All of it. It's justification for expanding militaries, expanding corporations, expanding banks, and of course the military-industrial complex. All of it. World War I, World War II, and so on and so forth. I mean, Vietnam, Korea, all of it is justified by self-inflicted wounds whether those are uh, political or they're physical acts of terrorism, whatever. Obviously, the, the PNAC document said, we're going to go into the Middle East, we're going to clean up these half a dozen countries. And then what happened? Well, we had a new Pearl Harbor, as George Bush said, and then we go into those countries to start cleaning them up. Kind of weird, isn't it? Kind of strange, isn't it? How that series of wars benefited one country and one country only, Israel. That's according to the former Israeli prime minister or a guy who should be in prison. Uh, 
Benjamin Netanyahu. Uh, or I guess he, I guess, is is he still the prime minister of Israel? How long? This guy's been the prime minister of, of, of Israel forever. I think maybe he is still the prime minister. Uh, I actually don't know that off the top of my head. I don't know if he is the prime minister or if he's not the prime minister anymore. But he originally said, hey, we're benefiting from this war in the Middle East. We're benefiting from the attack on the World Trade Center. So we're looking for these kinds of events to happen. And obviously the ruling classes understand human psychology. And perhaps they're working together to convince the public that, you know, the Americans are bad, the Ukrainians are bad, the Russians are bad, whatever, whoever, everybody's bad. To turn citizens against other countries and then to justify all the terrible things that are done and all the wealth that's stolen. So that's what war is. It's just a black hole for, for, for wealth. It doesn't actually create anything. It just destroys the world. Atomic bombs don't keep us safer. They make us more likely to, to die in some kind of man-made end-of-the-world scenario. Um, I love, I saw this report, that it was about, about a year ago, it says something like, the one big danger of nuclear exchange, <laughs> I was going to say you won't believe this, but you will believe this, is that nuclear bombs will help to increase the warming of the planet. So the, the one problem with nuclear war is, Climate change would be worsened. These, these, these people are out of their minds, but they're very seriously out of their minds. You know, it's not the radioactive fallout, it's not the nuclear winter, it's not the starvation, it's not the, it's not the radiation poisoning, it's not the, the initial blast, and you know, none of that. It's just climate change. Or remember the federal government put on their website how to prepare for a nuclear attack, and they said, well, yeah, you just go in the basement. Go into the bunker and make sure that when you're there, you wear your mask and you social distance. It's, yeah, that'll, I mean, we've known that for, what, 50, 60 years. If you social distance um, from a nuclear bomb, six feet, you survive the initial blast uh, and the radiation. You don't go blind, don't go deaf, you don't have your skin uh, seared off your bones. It's very hard science. If you wear a mask, radiation just sees the mask and it's, it's like the blood for Passover. The Holy Spirit sees the blood and it just passes over your house. If you wear a mask and just pass over the radiation, just won't affect you. It's <laughs> that's pretty much how it works. That's the new modern 21st century science of the technocratic medical elite. So with all this, with the old movies and the sum of all fears, and now they're just telling you openly, although they've always looked for nuclear signatures, they're abnormal. They're just telling you now, yeah, we're we're looking for an atomic bomb. And uh, we're looking uh, to prevent a mass casualty event while the doomsday clock is about to be updated. It should be put a little bit closer to midnight. And Ukraine is trying to initiate intentionally, just like the Gulf of Tonkin, just like the Lusitania, just like Pearl Harbor. I mean, just like the sinking of the Titanic, for that matter. They're trying to initiate a third world war using a, a fake event or an event that happened, but using information that, that misrepresents the event. And the irony of it all, the scary thing is that is actually the plot beyond the, the, the main plot of an atomic bomb at the Super Bowl. That's the fundamental baseline plot. That's the conspiracy in the sum of all fears. The conspiracy is that a neo-Nazi neo -Nazi faction threatens to induce catastrophic conflict between the U.S. and Russia by detonating that atomic bomb at the Super Bowl. So it's not Russia and the U.S. It's actually a rogue group 
that steals nuclear material, builds a nuclear bomb, and tries to start World War III. Sound familiar? Summation of all fears. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Please subscribe to our archive, or you can listen for free. You just have to put up with the advertisements. Please grab a copy of one of my books. Email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. The music is White Bat Audio, and there's more coming up after this. You don't want to miss the last segment. It's 2023, the year of the rabbit, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on GroundZero.radio. Want to hear more of The Secret Teachings radio show? Search for the show on any radio or podcast player, or find links and a free archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you want to get rid of those annoying ads and get extra perks like access to the montage archive, digital copies of Ryan's books, and early access to the show, then subscribe to the full show archive at thesecretteachings.info. Visit the website and click the button that says subscribe. You can do so monthly, yearly, or through a one-time donation. Your support always keeps the secret teachings on the air. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to the secret teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's the secret teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. If you enjoy the secret teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. This is David John Oates from ReverseSpeech.com. You are listening to The Secret Teaching with Ron Gable. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. So Super Bowl 57 is going to be played in just a few weeks, February 12th, 2023. It's at the State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. And security measures, as with any big event, especially the Super Bowl, have already been turned up to the extreme. Authorities in Phoenix are actually telling residents, you see those helicopters flying around the city? Don't worry about those helicopters. It's nothing to fear. It's just... Well, it's basically a test to see if there's any strange or abnormal radiation readings because there could be an atomic bomb under your city. Now, they do this. The National Nuclear Security Agency does this for pretty much every Super Bowl. Sometimes they get a little more meticulous, sometimes not so meticulous, but they normally don't inform the public of this. And I couldn't help but think that there was a strange connection between that story where they're now informing the public, the NNSA is, hey, there could be a bomb in Phoenix, but we're just trying to stop it. We're trying to prevent this kind of a mass casualty event. And I can't help but think there's a connection to that. And of course, a lot of people think the sum of all fears, that 1990s Tom Clancy novel turned into the movie in 2002, 
about terrorists who get a bomb, they steal nuclear material, radioactive material, they build a bomb, and they blow it up at the Super Bowl. And these are terrorists. It's not the United States and Russia. It is the U.S. and Russia that are being pitted against each other in the book and in the movie by this rogue element or this rogue terrorist group or these bad actors. And so I can't help but think that that is really similar to what's happening with Ukraine. Remember the missile that hit Poland? Turns out the Ukrainians fired it, and Zelensky tried to start World War III between the U.S. and Russia. Can't help but think that there's a strange, almost synchro-mystical, and very disturbing connection to all this, especially because next week, early next week, we're going to get an update on the Doomsday Clock. Now, in the last segment, I said that you don't want to miss this final segment. You definitely don't want to miss it, and that's because joining us for this final segment is, for those of you who might not be Ground Zero listeners, Ground Zero radio listeners, the host of Ground Zero. Clyde Lewis joins us now for this final segment. Clyde, thank you for coming on uh, the final segment of tonight's show. What do you make of all this? You just talked about illuminating Armageddon, illuminating this nuclear holocaust, if you will, last night. Can you speak to this? What are your thoughts? Well, it's uh, one of those things that uh, I don't think people want to think about. Uh, the reason why is because last night when I did eliminate Armageddon, I had a few people telling me that I was promoting fear porn, and I was thinking to myself, "Well, that this is a big this is a big story." I mean, you, we had James Ponder on the program, and of course, he's been involved with uh, nuclear intelligence uh, back in the day, and he knows, you know, and he was there to actually tell us about how the Soviets think or how the Russians think. He said back then it was the Soviets uh, during the Cold War, and you know, we should listen to what Russia says because. We're moving closer and closer to them. I mean, now we have what Sweden and uh, Finland that want to join NATO, and they're right there. They share a lot of uh, border with Russia, and so it's closing in. And you know, it's not that we have sympathy for Russia; it's just that you know, put yourself in their shoes. I mean, this is like 1962 all over again, except we're the ones, or NATO is the group that's now pushing Russia into a war. And you know, you have Zelensky who not only goes to Congress and speaks to Congress and saying, we need this, we need this, we need this, and then his wife ends up going to Davos and uh, speaks about how they want all the other countries to join into this fray. And if I were like, and I, I compared it to the Art Bell show, I said, you know, okay, think about Art Bell for a moment. And think about how he used to do these shows where he'd bring in time travelers. And this time traveler comes on Art Bell's show. And he says, I can tell you that 20, 30 years in the future, we're going to have a war where Russia is going to be involved and five big countries are going to be involved. And they're going to use another country to go in as their, I guess, pawn. And they're going to, you know, they're going to go to war with them and and they're going to continue to fund them. They're going to continue to bring them weapons and the weapons are going to be advancing and become advanced weapons. And, And so that's going to happen 30 years from now. And so if you are listening to this guy, I think the only, the only thing you'd think is this is World War III. And I mean, like I say, World War III is never declared. It's always, you know, the, the historians will call it World War III. So we don't know right, actually right. when World War III began. It could have been 9-11. It could have been, you, you never know what the historians are going to say in the future. The World War III began maybe with 9-11 or became, or became even more, uh, you know, apparent with the Ukrainian-Russian situation. But uh, it just continues to get uglier and uglier. And you do remember that when we had these problems with the airlines and they said that the NOTAM systems had shut down, this was around the same time as they were trying to figure out 
how uranium got past security, went into customs, and he throws. And so you have that going on. And they try to put they, they tried to homogenize that story and say, Oh, it's not that big of a deal, we don't know what's going on and but then, you know, we have this meeting today at Ramstein Air Force Base with all these people speaking together about what they're gonna do with the Russia problem. Meantime, Russia's threatening us with nukes and saying they're gonna do a dead hand switch if they lose, if they find themselves defeated and they get down to the last man, they're just gonna throw bombs. That's what they say, you know. And that's been the dead hand switch idea. That's been around since the times of Strange Love and and, uh, you know, uh, that movie. And, and there was also the Whopper in the, in the war games. And, and there was also Skynet where, you know, in the end, we all died because AI decides, well, the bombs have been thrown. We're going to make the decision to kill everybody. Well, so, all, this, all this sounds so eerily familiar to what we might term predictive programming in movies and in books like The Sum of All Fears, Smuggled Uranium, Bad Actors That Start to initiate World yeah. War Three between two major powers like the U.S. and Russia. It's almost identical with the exception of a mushroom cloud to, to the story that Tom Clancy wrote. <clears throat> well, yeah, I mean, uh, it is. And, and it's funny because I remember seeing the article that was uh, written about the idea that they're sniffing for radioactive isotopes in Arizona. And don't panic, though. You know, we're, we, this is normal. There's, but There might be a bomb. Some, there might be yeah, an atomic bomb. There might bomb. be an atomic bomb. <laughs> Uh, you know, there's also, I think, uh, another movie called Black Sunday. Yes, where they would put a bomb on a on a uh, on a blimp and they fly it into the Super Bowl. Um, you know, a lot of tension here, uh, and you know, you've seen the problems that have happened with the NFL. Uh, and you know, right now, I think the Biden uh, Biden administration needs a huge distraction. Uh, of course, with all of the uh, scandals regarding the the uh, the uh, top secret documents and everything else. And what better way to cause a distraction than to, you know, increase the war effort or a huge terrorist attack on our soil. They've been predicting this for some time. And, you know, Russia can use their proxies too. I mean, they don't, they don't necessarily have to play by the rules and the way we hear, they're not going to be playing by the rules. It's either that or a false flag where of course they say Russia did it. When in reality we have terrorist organizations that are, of course, uh, have uh, three-letter alphabet uh, titles, and and they and they do this all the time. So, I mean, not you know, it's not to scare anybody, but these are the major stories that are happening right now. And you know, and so anybody who wants to throw criticism my way or your way or anyway, because we're trying to warn people that they need to be aware. I mean, you need to be looking over your shoulder a lot more than you do. You need to have uh, preparation uh, in your homes as to whether or not they're going to lock you down again, shelter in place again. It's uh, not just for COVID anymore. It's just, remember it's just the, the government decided. Remember the federal government changed their their uh, guidelines. Well, they ran those in New York and in California. They ran these uh, these PSAs about nuclear bombs going off and what to do. Yep. And then the federal yep. government changed their policy that if you go into a bunker or you go into a basement, make sure you wear your mask and social distance because it's not the radiation or the fallout that you have to worry about. It's it's COVID you have to worry about. They, they kind of mix right. that in. But this has been a conversation. I mean, we've had this conversation since the Cold War, but it's been intensifying recently uh, to the point where it's almost Hollywood-esque. I mean, it's not routine to tell people, hey, we're looking for a nuclear bomb in downtown Phoenix, even if it's routine to look for those things. You normally don't tell the public that, and especially when tensions are already so high. That's what stood out to me. Well, I mean, it's like the idea that, you know, those huge, uh, what do they call those things? They're, they're, they're the, the huge... Uh, 
God, I don't know what they're called, the boxes that they bring in uh, from other countries like China and they put them on the ports. They're always like a cargo container. Con- yeah, the cargo containers. They're constantly uh, monitoring cargo containers uh, when they come in on, on uh, the docks and when they're brought in from China or other places. But they don't tell us that, but they do. They monitor for uh, nuclear fission materials or whatever. And, and so just the thought of telling people we're looking for an atomic bomb in your city. I mean, that, that gets people wondering what's happening. And, and yes, it is scary. But, you know, you have to be aware that something's afoot. And there are a lot of people who have been witnessing or watching these strange occurrences that have no meaning. It's almost like they're doing a drill. It's almost like they're doing a, a, a psyop where, be prepared, we're shutting down both Canada and we're shutting down both uh, Canada and the United States airports. And because we're doing a drill to see if anyone's planning on sending through customs another shipment of uranium. Okay. And maybe that uranium is due to uh, be used in a, uh, in a bomb situation at the Super Bowl. And of course, they're also looking for other things too. everything from pickpocketing to knives to guns. And in the middle there, there's something else they've been worried about. And that is drone attacks, which does mirror that 1977 movie Black Sunday with the blimp and the bomb. And they're also looking mm-hmm. at EMPs or cyber attacks at the Super Bowl, which would also go along with what the World Economic Forum has been, quote unquote, warning about a big cyber right. attack, big event that would get the world to pay attention. And what better place to do something like that than the Super Bowl? Right. And Super Bowl's always been a target. It's always been something that uh, people have been concerned about, you know, and that is, is the security OK? I mean, you've got a lot of people in one place, you know, you can wipe out an entire you know, group of people and uh, it would be uh, even more, I think, traumatic to see people, especially sports figures and others dying in a, in a situation like that. It's a fishbowl attack. It's like, it's like shooting, you know, fish in a barrel. They're right there. The target's huge. And, and it's always been a concern. But when they start, you know, doing what they do, when they start pushing propaganda saying, well, we're taking all the precautions. They did that for uh, when uh, I remember Russia you know, was in the middle of their war. You know, they're always at war, more or less. And they had the Olympics. And man, they just said, well, the Olympics are going to be a place where all the bombs are going to go out and people are going to die. It didn't happen because they had a lot of security. I mean, the chances of that happening at the Super Bowl right now are pretty low, but it doesn't yes, mean it won't. Yes. It doesn't mean it can't. But what's interesting is the propaganda and the reporting of this constantly making us aware of the, of the idea of a nuclear attack Constantly reminding us of a dirty bomb. Constantly reminding us. In fact, they were just running. I was looking at a simulation the other day. They had uh, from a New York newspaper simulation of what would happen if New York got nuked. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I'm thinking, okay, you know, that's interesting. And then you know, you got people saying, well, why are you talking so much about nuclear war? Because I mean, this is unprecedented what they're doing in Russia right now. It's, I mean, and everybody's taking sides. You can't take a side here. It's either it's a matter of you dying. Or, or a matter of you uh, having radiation sickness, or a matter of you having to deal with everybody else in other places of the world dying because of a nuclear war. And, uh, you know, it's limited in scope, of course. It's not going to be like, hopefully, it's not going to be like, well, we're going to throw a nuclear bomb here, and a nuclear bomb there, and a nuclear bomb here, there. Um, but when Russia says, look, if we're defeated, we're just going to fire all our bombs. That's it. Sports earth policy. It's a terrifying notion. Terrifying yeah. notion. 
And what if, okay, yeah. so I, I was thinking this, you know, if we, if we look at the, uh, the Bengals and Bills game where we had DeMar Hamlin, he fell down in the field and there's all this speculation both ways and the NFL mm-hmm. did not want to cancel that game. And then they ended up doing it because the team's backed out. And so we're not playing. I wonder if I, I thought, what if that happens at the Super Bowl? You think they'd suspend the Super Bowl? And then I started thinking, what if they did have a credible threat? What if there really was uh, the potentiality for an atomic bomb, a nuclear bomb, a dirty bomb to go off at the Super Bowl? Would they cancel it or would they allow it to happen like Pearl Harbor, the Lusitania, the Gulf of Tonkin, et cetera, as a precursor to initiate that war? Well, it certainly would prompt, uh, the, of course, the leaders of our country to say, OK, it's on now. We're not going to we're not going to mess around anymore. Boots on the ground, you know, air attacks, that sort of thing. So, I mean, it's interesting, you know, how this is all going to go down. Well, let me ask you this. You said you said Olympics. Were you referring to the 2012 London Olympics? No, I was. Uh, was it in Sochi? The Sochi Olympics. OK, because I, I talked about the 2012 Olympics earlier, and I remember talking about this on air at the time, how they were warning that they had found World War II munitions that did not explode beneath the stadium and there was an article. Yeah, that was in London. Yep, and then there yeah, was, was an London. article about, um, well, they had these air defense missiles set up on buildings, and then they thought that there might be a, a dirty bomb attack or a nuclear bomb at the right. London Olympics as well. So we've seen this before. It's not a new thing, but with all the other things going on, the smuggled uranium, the flights going down, mm-hmm. the basically the, the plot of the sum of all fears with Zelensky openly trying to initiate World War III between the U.S. and Russia— yeah. That's the thing yeah. that gets me, Clyde. It's not the U.S. and Russia, the citizens, or even elements of the government. It's a third party trying to spark the war. An unelected third party that Donald Trump told us we need to get out of, and we didn't. That's the thing. Is that for some reason, Trump knew we need to get out of this. And, you know, I don't know. You look back at the Trump presidency, and you say to yourself, what did he know? And what was he trying to do? And, you know, he was meeting with Russia, he was meeting with North Korea, he was meeting with our enemies, just saying, well, he was in collusion with all of them. No, but I'm wondering what really was going on with all of that, you know, butt flapping and high and high fiving. I, I just, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, I look back at that now and I'm saying, okay, so why did Trump have, have all of those top secret documents regarding Ukraine and uh, nuclear war and all this? And then why is it now that we're focusing on the V on, uh, on uh, president Biden but why is it not as important? They try. I mean, again, downplaying everything, making it all sound homogenized. You know, the media didn't even report that on Friday the 13th that there was a lot of things going on, a lot of threats going on between uh, Russia and NATO, and, and they just didn't report it. They just thought it wasn't important to report, and, and it was on the Friday the 13th that everything escalated. And then all of a sudden we find out, oh, Milley's meeting with his counterpart in Poland. Wow, where? Well, the secret location, and they're going to discuss what's going on here. And then they go, they they go to the World Economic Forum. Security is, you know, they worry about security. So you have Klaus uh, Schwab saying, well, "I'm not going to be there." George Soros saying, "I'm not going to be there." But then Schwab shows up anyway. And Soros didn't show up. And then we have Zelensky's wife, and then Zelensky saying, "We need you guys to basically help us bring us more weapons, do all this stuff." But I think that. Today, with immediate Ramstein, I think they're just going to discuss, well, further uh, escalation, and we're going to probably uh, eventually stop proxy war, get off the sidelines, and start fighting. I, I just get the feeling that this is going to go to the next stage. What do you think about the doomsday clock? They're going to reset it, or they're going to update it at the beginning of next week? Yeah, I've been 
flipping into that thing to myself, they're going to say it's quarter after 12. Uh, it's, <laughs> <because> <laughs> yeah. it's just, I mean, we're, what, 100 seconds from midnight right now? That was what it was last time, 100 seconds. Certainly now with all the talk of you know, nuclear war and, of course, climate change. I mean, now they add climate change to the mix. So I'm sure we're either, you know, 60, 60 seconds or 30 seconds of, of midnight. I don't know. Do you remember the report? I mentioned this earlier. Uh, I think it was from Vox or something. They said the biggest danger with nuclear weapons is not radiation. It's not fallout. It's not the initial blast. It's not any of that nuclear winter. It's actually climate change because nuclear bombs would intensify the heating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, either way, we're doomed. Uh, I don't think, uh, you know, I know that they try to tell us the nuclear war is survivable. Well, that's only if we're using the type of bombs they used on Japan. Uh, and, you know, I don't know. It's, it, it, it's always been the fear of mutually assured destruction. It's always been the fear of, or the legend of the dead hand switch. Now Russia basically says they have one and it'll go off if, we, if, they, if they're defeated. So it's all going back to Dr. Strangelove. It's all going back to the idea of the doomsday device. Is there a doomsday device? Is there not a doomsday device? Are we, are we, are we being really, really held hostage uh, blue spaceship, you know, everybody's got their guns loaded and ready to fire. I mean, I this is more tension than I think the Cold War had. I mean, at least in the Cold War, we got used to the idea that it was going to be this this cold, covetous, chilling uh, relationship between Russia and the United States. Basically, uh, it's all based on conspiracy paranoia that we we, we tend to now say, oh, conspiracy theories don't exist, but they uh, but conspiracies do exist. I mean, the big big example of that is Davos and. Bilderberg and all these other groups. The Manhattan Project. The Manhattan Project was a conspiracy. Yes, it was. Now we're all going to be like, what, entertained? We're being entertained now by Oppenheimer. They're going to have a movie called Oppenheimer. Yeah, Nolan's new movie. Yeah, Nolan's new movie where he's going to be, you know, it's going to talk about nuclear war again and the development of the bomb. I mean, why are they putting that out there? Out of the blue, we're going to do something on Oppenheimer. In fact, I'm in contact with a group of guys actually – uh, and uh, the uh, Park City Film Festival, the the, the uh, Sundance Film Festival, actually Slamdance. They're going to be showing this at Slamdance. It's a, it's a movie about downwinders. And I'm a downwinder, actually. I'm, a, I'm from a downwinder family. And and so it's the idea that, um, you know, the, the bombs that went off in St. George, the bombs went off in Nevada that sent, um, you know, nuclear fallout to St. George, Utah, people were affected by it uh, genetically. And uh, certainly... I have felt the the uh, the downwind disease since I've had cancer so many times, and you know I don't know how long I can continue this, but still it's it's you know again this whole nuclear awareness the re the re uh, uh, repackaging and rebooting of the nuclear war and how it's going to happen and who's going to be involved and who are the targets and isn't it more it's almost like atomic psychology the real atomic bombs that are detonating are psychological forms of warfare to terrify people and subjugate them that's what it sounds like more so to me i'm not i don't expect a nuclear bomb to go off at the super bowl i mean i guess if it does i'm going to get out of tucson as fast as i can depending on where the wind's blowing but it's more psychology it's it's to frighten people it's to terrify people whether it's predictive programming or it's just standard basic media fear-mongering. It's all about getting people to acquiesce to whatever the narrative is as it's ever-changing and ever uh, ever altering their perception of reality to the point now where, you know, you talked about Yuval Harari the other day. 
this guy was saying, I listened to an interview, he said, we, we need to relearn our senses because the new world we're creating, we're not going to have any kind of, uh, you know, understanding of gravity or light or the laws of physics. We're changing all that. We're going to change yeah. all that in the new world. That's, a, that, that's more disturbing than an atomic bomb going off as far as I'm concerned. Right. right. Uh, it all goes back to what he said about God. He said, you know, people don't realize that God is dead because they haven't found the body yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 <laughs> I mean, stuff like this, it's being said, and, and, and you say that to people, and they're saying, oh, yeah, whatever. You know, it's a figure of speech. Or, no, these guys are, are horrible people. They're horrible individuals that we have decided to um, revere. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like saying, okay, well, we know Darth Vader did a few bad things, but think about how cool he is. You know, and yeah, I mean, that's you can do that because it's science fiction, but the reality of it, you know, yeah, Bill Gates, you know, he went on the island with Epstein, but think about how cool he is. He's got, he's a, a, cool he's got, a, pink, he's got a pink sweater. Yeah, cool he sweater. looks like Mr. Rogers, but he's really a Malthusian, uh, you know, preacher of death and destruction. And that's what um, that's what George yeah. Carlin said. George Carlin said that when fascism and authoritarianism comes to the United States, it's going to it's going to come with a smiley face T-shirt and nice tennis yeah. shoes. It's not going to come with, you know, devil horns and swastikas. No. And that's the thing. Our image and action parameters. We know what fascism looks like. It's it's boots and it's stylish red red bands with, uh, uh, you know, fetish clothing and, and, and looking all cool and whatever. But it's not anymore. It's three-piece suits and and uh, you know vampires, you know, dressed as uh, three-piece suit businessmen, and, and that's what we have now. And and no one, for some reason, thinks that these people that get all the way up into power have not one big evil streak in them. That's how they got into power. They were able to screw people over, kick them in the teeth, do what they needed to do. I mean, what? You know, we know how Bill Gates got his empire. He basically ripped off Steve Jobs. Uh, we know how he uses his money to to his philanthropy is basically there to benefit him, not to benefit anybody else. He goes into Africa and they hold kids at gunpoint to get his vaccines. Women become sterile in India from his vaccines. And yet, oh, that's just a conspiracy theory. Now go get your shot. Okay. Yeah, the, people don't care. They they don't they don't get it. They don't get it. Now the posi- people in positions of power. I don't care if you're Republican. I don't care if you're Democrat. But you go back into history. Woodrow Wilson, you look at FDR, doesn't matter what you think of them as presidents, but these two men, it's well known in the historical record. Woodrow Wilson is responsible at the time for the sinking of Lusitania. They knew that we, we had a peace agreement, we had a neutrality agreement, and we were sending arms to Europe with children on that yeah. boat. Same thing with Pearl Harbor. FDR knew that Pearl Harbor was going to be attacked. They refused to move the Pacific Fleet as a pretext, they wanted that to happen so we could enter into World War II. Same thing with the Gulf of Tonkin incident. The people in positions of power will murder their own people. I don't care if you, they're Russian. I don't care if they're Ukrainian. I don't care if they're Americans. They, they need uh, casualties of war to make a point. Yep. And that's why they, they completely are free of all care. They go to Bilderberg. I mean, they go to, uh, they go to uh, the, uh, the Bohemian Owl, and they, and they make their peace. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's it's been, it, like I say, it's the destruction of dull care. You rid yourself of the care of the world and understand that you have to do things amorally. You have to have an amoral attitude to make things happen like this. And it's also the usage. I mean, the, the, tonight's show is called the summation of all fears because pe- people know that the average person is looking for the big event. I mean, we're, we're always wanting to live in a movie. We want to play pandemic. We want to play into the world, Armageddon. 
asteroids, Jesus returning, all these different things, nuclear bombs going off. So they, they play on that, not just for entertainment, but for purposes of control psychologically. And that's the summation yeah. of all fears. They use the sum of all fears to keep the population, whether that's Ukrainian, Russian or American, in check. I think that's the bottom yeah. line. Yeah, that is the bottom line. And it, it, it's becoming more apparent. And people would rather attack the messenger than believe that this is happening because they don't want to be feel like they were fooled. And there are, and we've all been fooled. I mean, everybody has been fooled a little bit or a lot. And those who have, who've been fooled a lot are the biggest ones to stand there and defend it. It's like, uh, you know, all systems, it's like loyalty to the end. It's like, why be so damn loyal to people who don't care about you? Like, I, I'm loyal. I'll put on the mask. I'm loyal. I'll stand six feet apart. I'm loyal. I'll do this. I'll go to the slaughterhouse for this guy. Why? Why would you do this? Why are we all of a sudden saying, oh, we have a death wish. We're going to, I mean, they were proposing to put a bust of Zelensky in the Capitol. Yeah, I heard that. I read this and I about went, what? How did this guy rate getting a bust in the Capitol? I mean, he, he's no more valuable than Osama bin Laden. And he may be our next Osama bin Laden. Just, just what happens when a guy who fires rockets and claims that, that Russia did it, and even though uh, our president insists it wasn't Russia, the UN insists it wasn't Russia, and yet he continues yeah. to say, well, I'll get my own title going investigate, and it'll prove to you that Russia did this. They'll, well, that, that, that was an attack on a NATO ally. We should have invaded Ukraine immediately. Really is yeah. what should have happened. I mean, so so when when you consider the Zelensky issue, I mean, Zelensky is basically if you listen to that phone call between Poroshenko, the former president, and Joe Biden, Joe Biden is threatening Poroshenko and telling him that we don't want Trump, the incoming president at the time, to learn why we've been giving you all this money, where all this money, where all this where all this power is concentrating. So it's it's there's some kind of strange thing that's not just the backdoor business deals with Ukraine. It is being used as the centerpiece. And the I, I think the ignition process of, of a third world war that somebody or something yeah. an element is trying to start that war, just like in the sum of all fears. Clyde, we're, we're yeah. just about out of time, though. I really thank you. I appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Uh, sure. it, it's been nice talking to you and getting your perspective. Thank you. You bet. Thank you. All right. Clyde Lewis, if you don't know Clyde Lewis, the few of you who might not be listening on Ground Zero Radio, you can find Clyde Lewis on Ground Zero. When when can they hear you? Oh, they can hear me uh, at 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Pacific time. All right. And then right after Clyde, you can catch the secret teachings, ground zero dot radio. And I know you also have some merchandise. Uh, you guys promote that sometimes. I love my ground zero merch. What do you guys got? T-shirts? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, love, I love my hoodie. I always say I always I always buy a hoodie. I don't know why. I just I have a whole uh, closet full of ground zero hoodies because they're very comfortable and you can get them at ground zero dot com. But yeah, they're very comfortable and they're very cool. And, and I I actually saw somebody, I think it was in England or something, wearing a Ground Zero hoodie who was being interviewed, some rock star. I don't know who it was, but yeah. That's so really it's cool. It's kind of funny. I ran, into a woman yeah. at, I ran into a woman at Albertsons a couple of months ago and uh, we started talking. She saw a book I was reading and she ended up, she knew who I was actually. She knew who you were. She listens to Ground Zero uh, every night in the secret teachings after. She lives right down the street. Pretty cool. All right. It, it is cool. It's very cool that when, you know, somebody... I mean, people recognize you, and it's it's kind of kind of nice. It's nice to be recognized. Sometimes it's uh, always not nice if somebody wants to sit and take away your time while you're eating at a restaurant <laughs> or something. But uh, you know, it, it, it's always nice to be recognized. It's always nice to be told that uh, you're doing a good job. I'm doing a good job, and you know, people always talk about how cool you are too. And I'm I'm, I'm just excited that we're able to do this. We're able to have the network. We have Aftermath Media. Uh, the people sign up for Aftermath. Uh, 
just an inexpensive way to be informed. It certainly is. And that's why when people say, well, I lost you at a radio station where I live. I go, well, there's also a, a phone you can use to make the radio. And that's where you use apps and things like that. And that's why, uh, in fact, this is going to be the wave of the future, too. I mean, they're going to start clamping down on people like me. They've already gone after Alex Jones. They're going to start clamping down on all of us. And that's going to force us to just doing, you know, doing what we do. And the only way to keep us going and keep the story going is to keep subscribing to these uh, to these networks and to help people by buying their books and their merchandise because it's the only way to keep it going. Ground Zero and The Secret Teachings. Clyde Lewis, I'm Ryan Gable. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. 